0: In Luke chapter 5, we learn valuable lessons about how having the right resources and the right relationships will help you achieve God's purposes. Jesus told the disciples, he said, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And then they caught so many fish that their nets actually began to break. And then the Bible says they had to signal to their partners for help. Three things are important here. Number one, if the disciples didn't have a boat, they would not have been able to experience this tremendous boatload. God works with what you have to get you what you need. You'll be surprised by the resources that are right under your nose. Number two, the disciples used a net. We need to use the right tools for the right jobs If they insisted on using fishing poles They would have missed what Jesus had for them So be flexible Number three Peter asked for help when it became too much The reason it gets so lonely at the top Is often because we go there alone So make sure you're bringing someone else along with you For more go to GraceChurchBA.org And as always live big Tomorrow can be bigger yeah. Just grow Let the world overflow yeah. You're my life bigger than yourself You're creative
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Here's Bishop Greer with today's Live Big message.
0: Jesse's family was, was, was probably the principal family of the village. And, and the sheik or the village leader, if you will, back then, you know, that's, they were called sheiks in that part of the world. Um, the, the, they would have been expected to carry out these uh, uh, sacrificial rites. So it was when they came that Samuel, this is a prophet of God. This is the man that the Bible said not one of his words ever fell to the ground. He was like Jesus. He never spoke a word that didn't come to pass. Never. So when this man, a tremendous office, tremendous relationship with God, when he came, he looked at Eliab, the eldest, and said, right off the bat, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But wouldn't it be a lot easier if people look like on the outside what they look like on the inside? Remember Forrest Gump, Gump said, he said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And wouldn't it be great if, if, if God would just, you know, tattoo people's personality and descriptions on their forehead? You know, one, you see him come a little bit crazy. <laughs> Another one, Liar. Another one, backstabber. Imagine if it's all out front. Life would be so much easier. The only problem is you'd have one too. But but, but God doesn't do that. And this is why the Holy Spirit is so important. It's why it's so important to have a relationship with God. But the Lord continues his conversation with Samuel. But Samuel had to step into it, lean into it, and start to obey for the conversation to continue. And there are things that God started to say to you, but he hasn't completed it yet. And you're like, why'd you stop speaking? Because you stopped moving. If you do what I told you to do last, why am I this way this morning? If you do what I told you to do last, I'll tell you what to do next. All right, stay with me. But the Lord said to Samuel... Samuel, don't look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. Even a prophet as great as Samuel got people wrong. I don't care how much you know God, how long you've walked with God. If you just judge things by their appearance, you're going to get. Things wrong I remember a lady and I can go long so I'm going to just meanger a little bit and I'm going to come back to the point we were pastoring 14th Street storefront church and uh, back then there were prostitutes walking up and down the street drug deals right in front of the door the whole thing and this older woman came into the service and she just sat there with a scowl on her face fo- uh, arms folded I still remember her name Miss Conway And I was like, surely, this woman will never be back in church again. She became one of my most faithful members. You cannot judge a book by its cover. And then the Lord begins to give a lesson to Samuel. And God's a teacher. That's what he does. He said, for, for the Lord, now you might do that, Sammy, but the Lord doesn't see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what? The heart. The heart. And here's the deal. We spend billions of dollars annually as a nation trying to look the part. But there are things that a Louis Vuitton purse or a money suit just cannot fix. Do you hear what I'm saying? So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. This is important. Sometimes you have to go through a few people before you find the right one. If plan A doesn't work, there are still 25 letters left in the alphabet. Keep it moving. This is good. This is good stuff. Okay, Just, just wanted to, to say that. Then Jesse made Shama pass by and, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one three times. Three times. Man of God. Prophet of God. Three times no success. But sometimes God takes us through a process. Before we get it right, I am saying something to you. If you get knocked down three times, be prepared to get up four times. Only God gets everything right on the first time. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, meaning sometimes the will of God takes some trial and error. Sometimes it, it takes a little mud on your face. Sometimes it takes a little rolling up the sleeves. And, and again, I, I wish God would just sometimes make me into a robot that he could just you know, tell me exactly what to do all the time and I knew all the answers, but that's not so. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. It wasn't that any of these boys were necessarily bad. This is important. The issue was they were not God's choice. Some things God is saying no to you about is not necessarily because that thing or that person is bad. But that thing or that person is not God's choice for you. And Samuel said to Jesse seven tries here and after a while you'd start to question yourself did I even hear God in the first place Jesse are all your young men here and sometimes you are at the right place doing the right thing but For some reason, the right ingredients just haven't shown up yet. Don't walk away too quickly. Then Jesse finally confessed. And now we're going to see a little bit of Father's Day here. It's, ah, okay, ah. There remains yet the youngest. But watch what he says. And there, as if he's pointing his finger, he is keeping the sheep. One child was so unlikely, he wasn't even invited to the meal. You know, there's a somewhat convoluted Jewish tradition that says, David was, was born of uh, Jesse's philandering, Jesse's uh, womanizing, and, and it's a really involved, involved story. And I can't say whether or not that tradition is true or untrue, but I would say it would explain a lot if it was. But we see there remains yet the youngest, and watch says there he what is, meaning they could see him in the distance, but they intentionally left him out. It's one thing if they said, you know what, he's too far away. Or you know what, we looked for him, but we couldn't find him. But when he was asked for, just like there he is, and we've been ruling him out. All the while, because we know something about that boy. Rejection does not always mean you're not good enough. It just sometimes means that others weren't smart enough to see all you had to offer. Sometimes all it means is others weren't discerning enough. Sometimes all it means is some folks just didn't have enough taste to recognize. And Samuel said to Jesse, send... And bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes. And when I ministered this, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, it's a different way and a different thing we focused on. I reminded you of of the fact that this, this boy that was rejected, this boy that was ruled out actually came into the camp to a standing salute, a standing ovation. God knows how to turn things around. God knows how to turn the order on its head. You hear what I'm saying? He said, no one sits down to the stone the builders have rejected becomes the capstone. You hear what I'm saying? God specializes in turning even the most toxic situations. On their head. Verse 12. And we're almost there. So he sent. And brought little David. In. Let God fight your battles. He always wins. Yes they ruled you out. Yes they may have left you out. Yes what has happened is unfair. Yes, you feel like the ugly duckling. Yes, you don't quite fit in. Yes, you feel out of place. But God specializes in situations such as yours. The Bible goes on to describe David. Now he was ready. He had a lively skin complexion with bright intelligent eyes and he actually says he was good-looking and this is why sometimes I think that Christ was probably good-looking because he was the son of David the Bible does say in the book of Isaiah that uh, you know he had no no beauty in himself to, to to commend himself he was like a root out of ground dry ground I think that's what happened to him at the cross and he was so disfigured and so marred at the cross and it's incredibly. I think he was a beautiful man. This is my personal opinion. And to see, you know, matted with blood and and beaten, and you could one eyebrow lifted a little bit higher, and and and, and you know, nose knocked out of joint, and and the whole deal. And and to see him, there was such a stark contrast between the man that walked the the shores of Galilee and the man on, on that cross. Now he was was ruddy. With bright eyes and, and, and good looking. Now God is not against good looks and, and, and not so good looks. It's not the outer man. It, it, it's the inequalities that makes the difference with God. But never be so ugly that all you can depend on is a pretty face. I don't know what I ate for breakfast this morning. I don't, I don't know. And the Lord said, the stone the builders rejected, the one left out, the one rejected, the one ruled out, the one no one could see any good in. And the Lord said, arise and anoint him, for this is the one. It's not what others see in you. It's not necessarily what mama and daddy or what your brothers and sisters see or have seen in you. It's what God sees in you. When others reject you, when others leave you out, keep on tending those sheep keep worshiping God like David, writing new psalms. You hear what I'm saying? New songs to sing. You hear what I'm saying? When you're in a lonely place, when you're in a dark place, lift your hands to God and worship him like he's a God that listens. You hear what I'm saying? God develops us in the dark places. My brother-in-law used to develop film and I don't know much about Film and developing and all those things. And now we have digital cameras and and we don't do what we used to do. But if I recall rightly, he had a little room under the stair in his house. And he would take pictures. And then he would take the film out of that camera. And actually, even before, you know how the camera works. It's an aperture. What happens, it lets light in. And it makes an impression on the film. And what happens is we get a revelation from God. Light comes. The answer of every word brings what? Light. And then we think because the light has shined, everything's going to be all right. But what he would do is he would take that film out of the camera, out of its place And then bring it under the stairs into a dark room. Mm. That dark place in your life is because God is trying to create a clearer image of himself. David was getting a revelation of how to be humble, how to be gentle, Now, how not to hold a grudge, how to keep his heart sweet. And in order for it to develop, he had to go into the dark room. And some of you are in the dark room right now. And you're saying, Lord, if you really spoke to me, it wouldn't be so dark. If you really spoke to me, I wouldn't feel so separated. I wouldn't be under the stairs right now. I'm all by myself in this dark place. Oh God, how could this be your will for my life? But it's in these moments. When you've been abandoned, no one thinks anything of you. No one has anything good to say about you. It's in those moments that God is developing his image in you to shine more clearly. Arise him. Arise and anoint him. For, for for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him. He had to move on from Saul to anoint King David. Ooh, pay attention. Some of y'all dating the wrong person. You need to move away from Saul to make room for King David. All right, I'm stuck here. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm wrap up. I'm stuck here. Y'all know the story of Saul. Y'all been, y'all been with me for a while. Saul was tall. Good looking. The Bible said he was head and shoulders above the, the rest. And the people looked at him like, man, that's what my, I want my king to look like. And the problem is, y'all, look, y'all just looking at stuff with the eye. But when it came to David, it wasn't about what he looked like. It said, "I have chosen a man after my own heart." And you look—you you want someone tall, dark, and handsome. You, you want one big old arms, and you, you, want, you want you want all that. But that's why you got Abinadab. What was the boy's name? That that's why you 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 stuck with Shama uh, 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 and. Shama, shama, shama. And he's the first boy. Some of y'all need to go home and say, shama, shama, shama. Get on the phone and say, shama, shama, shama. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will know what you're saying. All right, let, let's get back to the Bible. We're, we're going to wrap up in just a second. Shama, shama, shama. That's why some of y'all are so unhappy because you you is shama, shama. Shama. Come on, I'm laughing with you. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt, bumper sticker on my car. (laughs) Then Samuel (laughs) took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And watch this. The spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Your mother, your father. Your brothers, your sisters may have failed you. But if the Holy Spirit is all you have, you have more than enough. So here's my simple word to you as we wrap today. People didn't accept you. Let the Lord fight your battles people who were supposed to protect you didn't protect you let the Lord fight your battles you were not the first choice let the Lord fight your battles they laughed at you they ignored you ridiculed you let the Lord fight your battles David was prepared to handle the abuse he received from Saul because he learned to handle the abuse he dealt with at home and you're like why did that happen in my house but see with God not that he did it But he has a way of making all things work together for good. And he will use that pain, that hurt, that grief to qualify you for what's next in your life. So I don't look back on my childhood and say, well, people picked on me, made fun of me, and and I feel... That somehow I missed out. It just made me stronger. And when you look back on the family you were born into. With the devil intended for evil, God wants to work for good. If you humble yourself, keep your heart sweet. God will use it to make you stronger.
1: This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at gracechurchva or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big.
0: In the 70s, there was a song by a singer named Randy Crawford that tells us everything must change, nothing and no one goes unchanged. It was a big hit. But I want to challenge those lyrics and remind you that everything but God can change. Hebrews 13.8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Know this. No matter what you've been through, no matter how many things have knocked you down in life, no matter how much time has slipped through your fingers, God's promises are still true. You're still going to make it. God's going to fulfill His purposes for your life. Sometimes we let the pressures and the problems outside of us cause us to forget who is inside of us. Everything that has happened, everything that you have faced, God already knew about it and planned for it. Life may change and people may change, but one thing remains sure. God is always the same. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. That's gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big.